Welcome to the Leadership in Context podcast with Keith Tusi. Your spiritual antenna cannot afford to be contaminated. Hi, this is Keith Tusi, and welcome to Leadership in Context, where we are helping equip believers to lead in every area and arena in life. I want to do a couple podcasts with you on keeping your heart clean and clear because for a leader, your spiritual antenna cannot afford to be contaminated. And I want to start with something from the scripture that has really, really significantly empowered me and helped me over the years. Right after the resurrection in John the 20th chapter, we see that Jesus appears to his disciples and he greets them in verse 19 in John 20 and says, so when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and what did he say to them? Peace be with you. And when he said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So the Lord's message was peace. Now, of course, you know that peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not the calming of all circumstances. Peace is confidence in the eye of the storm. And Jesus said to them again, now this is significant, peace be with you as the Father to the same degree. When you see the word as, especially in the Gospel of John, it's to the same degree. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Now what does he do? Jesus doesn't just bequeath peace on them. He doesn't just say, you know, peace is a great thing. He speaks peace. He prophesies peace into the spirit. And then he does this. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, this is before Acts 2. This is before the outpouring or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So here we see probably the most neglected aspect of the Holy Spirit and who he is and what he does in all of Scripture, in my opinion. He says, receive the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was available for them to be received, not the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's a different dimension. But then he says, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. Now, let's put this in context. They have just watched their master and their Lord be crucified and murdered by the Roman government with the religious establishment cheering them on. They are both upset and fearful, and I think you would agree with me, probably angry. I I would say resentful is probably not too strong of a word. So Jesus empowers them to be sent just like he was sent. But in order to do that, 
He says they've got to have peace. They can't be afraid of the conflict in the uneven playing field that they're on. And to do that, they need the power of the Holy Spirit to forgive. I want you to think about this. One of the greatest things that has to happen in any of us who are attempting to lead people is the ability to maintain a clean heart, to really forgive people, not just academically or intellectually, but to forgive them from our spirit, to release them from their offenses. And Jesus taught us here that it takes the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. Forgiveness is not an intellectual calisthenic where we decide whether our bank account has enough forgiveness that we can draw upon. But rather, it's an opening of our spirit to allow the Holy Spirit to wash through us and wash out to others the same forgiveness that we so desperately depend on. This, to me, is one of the most significant things for anybody that's leading people. Because if you don't walk in this, you will eventually become cynical. You will be a leader that always has one eyebrow up wondering if people are really sincere. Yeah, you're going to get your share of insincere people. Jesus got one for Pete's sake. Just think what's going to happen to you. But Jesus, think about this, in his post-resurrection ministry, the first thing he did was give them the power to stay sent by the power of staying clean and being able to forgive. Now, he embellishes this or gives us some greater understanding of it. He says, for whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. In other words, whosoever sins you hang on to, whatever debt you hang on to, those things are retained. Let me ask you a question. Where do you think they're retained? They're retained in you. You know, the old saying is uh, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and thinking it's going to hurt the person that you don't like or you won't forgive. Well, whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. You hold on to those things. Those things begin to affect you. You know, psychologically or sociologically speaking, one of the things that is unfathomable to us is that people that have been the victims of injustice and abuse of any kind statistically are much more likely to become the abusers of the same type and even worse degree. People that were sexually molested, people that were racially abused, people that were discounted in any way, often are the progenitors of the very thing that hurt them and destroyed them. Even the very thing they hate. One of the statistics is on alcoholism. Children that grew up really hating and despising being in an alcoholic environment have a much greater propensity to themselves become alcoholics. How could that be? You think it would be the opposite in the natural. But the truth is, they, we retain something. That retention is like a seed that is looking for the fertile soil of unforgiveness where a bitter root of unforgiveness grows up and defiles 
everything. The first thing we've got to do to keep a clear head and a clean heart is we've got to rely not just on the obligation we sense as believers to forgive people, but the power of the Holy Spirit to really not just make that intellectual calisthenic, but a spiritual reality where we release people just like Jesus released those that did that to him. He said, you are called. Those who crucified him, those who mocked him, those who did all those things. That's amazing. And Jesus called us to do the same thing. Whosoever sins you retain and whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. And when we keep a posture, when the fresh water of forgiveness is bubbling around us, it causes us to walk in more personal freedom And as we walk in more personal freedom, we are able then to download or to share that freedom. Our valve is open. Our spring is bubbling. Our fire hydrant is flowing, however you want to say it. Jesus spoke peace. Let me say this to you with all concern and candor. If you are are struggling with peace. I'm not talking about, oh, all your circumstances aren't perfect. Listen, nobody has perfect circumstances. Get over your circumstances. But if there is a spiritual unrest in you where you cannot enjoy, where you can't have a moment breath, you can't enter into the presence of God, you can't be kind to people, then I'm going to suggest that you really examine your heart and ask yourself, am I forgiven the same way I've been forgiven? And then say, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus breathed on them. His impartation. This was not just figurative. People say, oh, this was figurative of what was to come. No, it was not just figurative. It was empowering. There was a dispensation of the Holy Spirit, a measure of the Holy Spirit, particularly uh, charged to give them the ability to forgive and walk clean and free. You know, as a leader, if you have that fragrance on you, if you have the fragrance of forgiveness, if you have the fragrance of grace, then you're going to be approachable. People will admit mistakes they made. They won't be afraid to come up with ideas for fear of being rejected or, oh, I made a mistake. There's there's going to be an oil that's flowing around you. And it's not just your posture. It's not just your personality. It's not just your precepts. It's that there is really something happening empowered by the Spirit of God himself to do that in you. I beg you in Jesus' name, if you're retaining anything, release that. Ask the Holy Spirit right now, Holy Spirit, I need your power. I want to be like Jesus. I release those who have crucified me. I have least, I release those who have mocked me. I've I've released those who have exposed my nakedness. I, I, I release those who've left me for dead. I release them in Jesus' name. Right now, you don't you don't have to wait to get right now in your car, at your house, in your office, right now. Guard your heart and honor the resurrection. This is the first 
measure of the resurrection. It's the ministry of reconciliation that we can say to the world, you have been reconciled. Will you accept that reconciliation? I'm going to follow up on this podcast with some other thoughts along this line. Uh, But I pray that you maybe listen to this until you get it in your spirit. I, I want to challenge you to read John 20 in Jesus' name. And undoubtedly, there's probably somebody that you know that needs to hear this. Would you Would you be so bold as to send it to them and offer to pray with them? Hey, this is Keith Tusi for Leadership in Context. Blessing. Forgiveness is not intellectual. It is an opening of our spirit, allowing the Holy Spirit to wash through us and out to others the same forgiveness that we so desperately depend on. One of the greatest things that has to happen in leaders is the ability to maintain a clean heart by really forgiving people and releasing them from their offenses. Thanks for listening this week to another episode of Leadership in Context with Keith Tusi. Join us next week as Keith continues to equip believers to lead in every area and venue of life. As always, subscribe, like, rate, and share our podcast. To contact Keith or ask him a question, email podcast at nrpastors.com. If you would like more information, you can check out our website, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Instagram at nrpastors. See you next week.